episode of Hanging in the Hangar here with Daniel Meek, as per almost always, and yeah. Noah Graham is here as well. Hey guys, what's up? Yeah, so uh, this is Noah's final couple weeks here as yeah. he prepares to uh, leave Nashville. He's gone through graduation. If you want to kind of talk about kind of what your graduation experience has been like. Yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know my story, uh, I've been in Nashville for five years now. Um, graduated from Belmont University, uh, taking five years of undergrad. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, Bruins. Bruins, ah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, bears or something? Yeah, the Bruin, Bruin bear, yeah, The bear. Bruin Black Bears. Is the yeah. Bruin a type of bear? Or? Uh, yes. I think it's a bear. I don't even know what kind of bear. Bruin's a type of bear. I've been there five years, still don't know. Look it up, kids. Um, but yeah, so did five years there. Um, enjoyed many parts of it. Didn't enjoy other parts of it. Um, but we want the gossip. What did you not enjoy? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, <laughs> okay, don't well, tell us that. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Um, but yeah, so it was a good time. Um, I doing. I did five years of athletics at Belmont. Which was a ton of fun, and probably my favorite part about it. And I'm happy to graduate on the academic side. A little sad and nostalgic for me to be ending out my athletic career there, um, as it's been a blessing to be able to work with uh, and be coached by amazing people and be teammates of amazing people as well. So it's been it's been a good time, and I'm happy to leave. Uh, in a lot of ways, but also really sad. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it's felt. Dang. So what did they do? Like, what was your ceremony like? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a we have a basketball arena at Belmont, and so they house us in there. We, uh, my parents and grandparents came into town. It was pretty low key actually. We just went and grabbed some food, and then we all lined up, walked in, and graduated with our with our college. Um, and mine was, I think I was with the College of Theology and Christian Ministry. I had three different colleges I was with over the years, so it kind of just depended. Kind of a humble brag there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so graduated and it was, uh, that whole week was kind of like a celebration for, uh, us seniors. Uh, the athletic department, uh, honored us. We got class rings. You guys can see it. They can't, but, um, which is cool. And then... Uh, the Belmont track and field team honored us seniors as well and kind of gave out awards and they actually named me the most valuable athlete of the year. Wow. Which was nice. Um, and I appreciate that, uh, being there for five years and yeah, doing that. So that's a tremendous honor. That's yeah, awesome. Was, yeah. I was really blessed to see that actually. So, um, yeah, but kind of accumulated or culminated with, uh, us, doing graduation and now I'm potentially still have one more track meet uh left in my season it kind of depends I get to find out Thursday if I go to the national meet but uh I had my conference track meet this past weekend in Illinois which is great um minus the fact I had food poison the whole time mm-hmm. um but uh I still had a good time and got to do a lot of celebrating with my um teammates and with my family as well my parents got to be there and I got to kind of have that last track meet with them no matter what which was really That's sweet awesome. yeah. yeah how how many how many people you may have already said this i don't think you said it but how many people graduate 
at Belmont? Like, how many was in the graduating class this year? Uh, that's trying to figure out how many people go to Belmont. Do you know? I think we're we're closing into about. I think we're over eight thousand for sure. I know we're like between eight and ten thousand. Um, okay. Grad, uh, graduate and undergrad. Um, and then we had three different graduating services. We had a graduate, graduate like doctoral level, um, and then we had an undergrad level graduation in the morning for a certain group of colleges, and then another group of colleges did one later. Wow. So, um, I have, I want to say like at least like seven hundred, maybe six, seven hundred graduated with me when cool. I did my ceremony. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Kyle, what was UVA's? Just interest, interest. We had, I think, about 4,000 per class. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a lot. They didn't, we had three different ceremonies of, like, graduating classes that they had us all spread out throughout the stadium, uh, our football stadium. Was it 2020 when you graduated? No, it was 2021. Yeah, yeah so I got to graduate in person, but it was hot out. Like, we were all spaced out. I was the first group to go. And immediately people moved all of their chairs into one big clump. And I was sitting with one, like one of my friends was like 10 feet that way. And we were just kind of like, all right, well, we're not going to move our chair. And then all the other like classes you got, you watched online and saw, they did not move any of those chairs back. Because they are like, there's no point. They're going <laughs> to move them again. Um, but yeah, it wasn't. They had like a, an online for like my direct school. We just did an online thing where they just put all of our names on. And it's like, all right. You're graduated, congrats. It's like, yeah, um, but they just emailed me my diploma. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but legitimately, they mailed me my diploma. Or, uh, oh, same, yeah, I didn't, get agree. To, I didn't get to walk away with one, yeah, me too. Yeah, cool. mine's, I think, sitting in Michigan for me, waiting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great, um, yeah, but really fun. Nice. So, what are some of your favorite memories looking back on your five years at Belmont in Nashville? Oh, yeah. Um, for me, some of my favorite memories, uh, a lot of them do revolve around my track team, um, being with those people, um, whether it's getting, you know, finishing a hard workout and just being totally tired, but having teammates next to you is something that I'll always remember. Uh, I, I had a lot of good memories, um, just really seeking out community here in Nashville. Um, I had, I had a really good, uh, experience with having family friends be here in Nashville. Um, and they really were like my second, second family, uh, especially my first couple of years when I was home and homesick, uh, and missing it. And they were, they were there for me. They were, they would love on me and I just really am appreciative for them. Um, and we'll always think of them as when I think of Nashville um so I would definitely say uh for me I found a lot of community here in very unique places um I can think of my first time coming to check out West End and the Young Adults program um I was told by a mentor after I'd been seeking out kind of where I wanted to be in ministry and what denomination I wanted to kind of put my feet in and um, I realized that I didn't want to be in the Baptist world which I'd been hanging out with for the past couple of years um, while I was in Nashville and so I asked a mentor and he said check out West End I know this uh, I'm I discipled this 
a lady who her husband is a young adults pastor at uh, <laughs> this church, and also this guy Scotty Smith's there too. I think it's a pretty good place. Just so happened it was Daniel's wife he was talking about. And yeah. um, so he told me to check out West End. I walked in and um, ran into uh, Jordan Nixon at the time, not Jordan Tidwell, um, and uh, knew her from class because she had a class with me at Belmont and kind of got connected, met a ton of people, met Daniel, and the rest was history. I just I found myself at a church that I was like, I can see myself being a part of this group and growing into it, whether they were growing pains or not. Um, I really appreciated the time and I found myself in a community when I was actually seeking a lot of community at the time. So that was a very special memory for me as well. That's awesome to hear. And it's so cool how God works and and just relationships that you made. But like Matt, who Mm -hmm. connected you with me, um, when me and my wife had first started dating, um, we spent a lot of time with him and his wife, and and they were um, really faithful, uh, good examples of just what marriage should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for us, it was it was really uh, fruitful and beneficial being around them. So that's really cool to see it kind of come back and them them connect you with us. Yeah, it was a, it was a special memory for me. So it was a good time. But yeah, nice. So after your five years here. Um, what is just some advice that you would give to current students in Nashville, people in Nashville for uh, work, people at West End, just anything that you can think of, things that that you've learned over your time? Yeah, no. I My biggest piece of advice would be uh, to... Follow your heart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about follow your heart. My heart's, <laughs> my heart's led me down a lot of dumb paths over five years here. Um, no, I would say your community, um, that you find yourself in, uh, is really important and you need to be able to evaluate where that group is taking you. Mm. Um, because I had, I had many different communities in my time here in Nashville, even here this year being at West End has been a different community, but also having others that have lingered. Like I said, my track team, I've been with them for five years and they're a whole group and I love them dearly. They're not the people I'm going to go to when it comes to um, any sort of spiritual development uh, by any means, but uh, people knowing what groups you're in and then seeing how they're guiding you and seeing what, what role God has placed in your, in your life to, be in that community whether you're a leader or a follower um and so i guess my advice in that is if you're seeking to pursue god find a church that's gonna allow you to do that and then develop you in the right way um because if you're going to church with you know five six thousand other people and you're just kind of walking in walking out not really engaging with people um there's nothing wrong with that but are you really growing deeper is kind of my question. Whereas if you come to, you know, a church that has people that know your name and are asking how you're doing each week, um, that see you and want to talk to you, grab lunch with you, or just know who you are, uh, that's going to be a game changer for not only uh, your spiritual walk, but just your life in general, Mm. because you feel seen and known and loved. And so I would say say to you, like, hey, 
be honest with yourself about those things. Yes, that church might not have the coolest pastor or the you know awesome concert that's going on, um, but that church might be the place that you find you know your future, your yourself growing in many different ways. So that can be so hard, I think, especially for college students. Mm-hmm. To find a church that's not a college ministry. Yeah. Because I think it's so important to be part of the local church. And the local church is not just one demographic. It's not just an age group or uh, ethnicity or whatever. It's like it's really important to be in a multi-generational, singles, married, children like type of place. Because I really think, and we can all do this within our own little bubbles. Like, when you're in college, you have a perspective. You're going to take over the world. And, and you're around other people that have a similar perspective. You're all going to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And the generation ahead of us is what's the problem. And we're going to do it better. And it, you would really benefit from being in a church that's not just my college ministry church Mm -hmm. church where there's only like 19 to 24 year olds Mm -hmm. Um, because you're going to see a different way of life and it's going to give you, it's going to give you a target to aim at while you're in school and give you some reasons for why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Like when I was in college, you know, a church that wasn't our uh, like college ministry was the place we went for an hour and a half on Sundays. Um, and you didn't really get to know anyone there except for like peace be with you that's about it um but they had an event at one of the churches that i I bounced around most of my four years to different churches depending on who was driving so it's like i don't really have a choice of where i can go uh for a lot of it but um they had one event where they invited like all of the like college people who've been attending to come they gave us bagels got to meet a couple people but like a lot of them are talking about how it's so hard to get college students to be involved in it because, like, they're trying to be involved on a group that is on their campus, yeah. that is reaching out to them and always doing stuff where it's like, you know, you have a church that has other members and other things that are going on. Um, but, like, there is a big difference from, like, this group and, like, just going to West End as well, which both of us do, mm-hmm. um, where, like, you are meeting people of different age groups and getting to know them. And, um, you know, we went to Bernie's house for yeah. Indian food with a few of the young adults. And it was just like very, just great opportunity to get to know someone who, uh, is interested in getting to know the young adults and has yeah. like same interests and yeah. things that, uh, just can connect you with them and just going to like the after church classes, um, and meeting a bunch of people. So there's so many opportunities to get involved and just get to know different people which is kind of devoid in college, which I know there are a couple of college ministries throughout yeah. like Belmont, Vandy, and all that. Yeah, but absolutely. It's just great to see like college students that are coming to West End mm-hmm. and other yeah. churches that I've been to. Yeah. Dis- disclaimer, I'm not saying anything negative about church like co- no. or college ministries. No, absolutely not. Just that ev- everything that we do in life, when you're a... When you're a married with young children, when you're mm-hmm. a senior, like you have a tendency to get in your bubble, and it's really good yeah. to be around people who aren't in your bubble. Yeah, and I mean, my disclaimer and encouragement within that advice that we've all kind of talked about is, you know, it is easy to follow those 
you know, the bubble that Dane was talking about. Um, but again, within that self-evaluation, you got to be able to potentially break off of that. And I know for me over my five years, I wasn't always the most, you know, connected when it came to my track team or college ministries. Like I was involved in a couple and people knew my name and they knew about my, you know, love for Jesus and that I had a good head on my shoulders, but, um, I wasn't always at every event and everything, every possible thing that was going on because I was involved at my churches and I had people that, you know, not a lot of my college friends went to my churches that I went to over my four years. Actually, really nobody did um, over my four or five years. Mm -hmm. And to me, though I didn't have those people um, in that capacity, I am still really thankful for that because I got to meet, you know, young families, you know, married couples, older generation, younger generation. I got to pour into youth over my five years. Um, and it was something that I was like, yeah, this is, I, I felt better rounded as a person walking into whatever situation I have next. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, speaking of other generations, <laughs> it was Mother's Day. What a sick transition. Yeah. Well, uh, let me give you the transition I originally came up for this topic <laughs> was, uh, welcome to the podcast where three dudes talk about women. Tell us about your mom and how much you love her. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> almost been as good, or maybe way better. <laughs> yeah, that would have been something. Again, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What if we just started with just like tons of your mom jokes? Yeah, yeah that your mom is so nice. She raised a great kid. Wow, that's not the way I thought. <laughs> uh, I did not think it was going that way. It was, it was a compliment. Yeah, hit them with something they won't expect. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know like a hundred your mama jokes when you were young? Or oh, no? absolutely. Yeah, okay. that was definitely a thing. I feel like I knew a million your mom jokes when I was young, and I don't know any of them anymore. They were so dumb. Yeah, they were They're really dumb. dumb. I'm thinking yeah. of two right now that I can't say on the podcast. <laughs> no, but... absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. <that> was... <laughs> Especially because it was just Mother's Day, right? Yeah. So we don't want to give ammo to all the young, young kids that are definitely tuning into this podcast. <laughs> yes. Love your mothers, kids. <laughs> One person who loves his mom is Noah. Exactly. That was very true. Yeah. There was a hot video on Instagram. I don't know if you want to call it that. I want to call it hot video. <laughs> I'm not calling it that. Rewind it. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but there, there was an awesome video that you made um, honoring your mom on Instagram. I thought that was really, really cool. Really special to see. Yeah, no. Uh, so I'll give some backstory to that. So if you haven't seen it, uh, we'll, I don't know, somehow check out my Instagram uh, and you can watch it. But it, for me, my backstory is I'm a high jumper um, and I've been doing that for about 12 years now. And A uh, leaper. Yeah, yeah, I leap over things. Okay. Um, but my, my mom taught me how to high jump, which um, she herself... Uh, she was a high jumper in high school. She was actually really competitive and went off to college herself to do it. Um, ended up not continuing on uh, in her career, but uh, always had that competitiveness towards that one very specific event, yeah. which was very funny for me because when you meet my mom, she's not an overtly like competitive uh, personality. You wouldn't catch that from her. 
And so it was funny because I remember I, I didn't say, I said this in the video, but I got cut out when uh, we did an edit, but I think I remember being like maybe two or three, uh, uh, maybe a little bit older, but it was during, I believe the Sydney Olympics. And my mom tried having my sister and I watch high jump. We were sitting at night and we were watching the t television and they were, she was showing us. And of course, you know, we're young kids. So we're like, whatever, I don't care. But I just remember her being really excited about it. And so for me, that's just always been there. And as I kind of explained in the video, how she taught me, she um, just tried to, she really just invited me uh, into that space. And it was something that I, am forever grateful for her about because she was there every step of the way and sometimes she um, was more motivated um, and more intentional about it than I even was uh, and or I'd be not as focused and she'd be like but you, you need a high jump dude like focus on this don't focus on your girlfriend or whatever's going on and whether it was in high school or college she'd be like no focus on high like you you have your season you have these things going on and um those are the memories that I really remember more. It's not the, you know, it's not the, uh, the medals that I won or how high I jumped. Um, though I'll always want to try my best and do how well I did. But she, yeah, she motivated me. Um, she was just kind of my rock through that. And um, I hope that she's an encouragement to parents out there that are wanting to are nervous to teach their kids something that they really love like you don't know how your love for something can um, impact your child's love for that thing and so don't be don't be afraid to share it because it can really show them you know hey like I can do this thing and I can do it well because my mom and dad did it and they loved it so Daniel's about to raise two quarterbacks no no <laughs> <laughs> neither one of my daughters will be playing football <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like you don't love the sport that much. I love the sport. <laughs> yeah. But you love your daughters more. Yeah. If I, I was going to say, if I, if I keep speaking, we'll probably get canceled. So. <laughs> yeah. No, no, for sure. But, yeah, so she she, she taught me. Um, so I made that video for her. And then I don't know if you um, you guys picked up on this, but the there's a cover photo on that video, and it's a, actually a painting that I had done by um, this wonderful artist. Her name's Sarah Miller. Um, actually, shout out. Yeah, shout little out shout Sarah out to Miller. her. I actually got connected to her through Cole Jones, who works here at the church, got me connected, and she I commissioned her, and she did a painting of us, and it's a picture of my mom and I hugging, actually, at my last indoor track meet for Belmont. Okay, I thought you were going to say she painted you guys both, like, high-jumping over this same thing. No, 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 no. The most yeah. graceful picture yeah. I could Yeah, I, I would, soaring. that would be really cool, but no, it's, um, <laughs> and really artistic, but no, I... Don't me and you, do me and you still have that picture, Kyle, of, of uh, us jumping together? Yeah, we got to drag that out. Is it not on the fridge at home? Like, it needs uh, to be the, the podcast photo. Yeah, we gotta, we'll, we'll, we'll commission that. Hanging in the air with yeah. Daniel and Kyle. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. I love that. So, Kyle, did you do anything to celebrate Mother's Day this year? So my parents were uh, on their way back from Aruba, so they were like on a flight all day, and we... Uh, called them in the morning to say happy Mother's Day. We're going to see them this upcoming weekend. Um, but my family, um, so those who don't know this, um, 
my sister actually passed away about five years ago, um, right before Mother's Day or right after Mother's Day. Um, she was in the hospital during that time. Um, so it's like a hard time of the year for my mom, especially. Um, but my siblings and I started a fundraiser to get a bench put on this beach near where we live in our hometown. Um, so we were going to surprise her with that. We got over twice the amount of money um, that we were asking for from the, all the generous people who, who gave. Um, anyone listening to this, thank you so much for those who did. Um, we were forever grateful. Um, it's actually going to be a year until we can get that bench. Uh, so they, we had a friend of my sister uh, reach out who like now works for like, a granite company. Mm. who they said, hey, if you give us like $400 minimum price, we'll get you like a nice stone granite bench that um, we're going to be putting in my yard wherever my mom wants it. Um, so I think this weekend that'll be happening uh, when we all go home to visit her. Also, shout out, my sister got engaged. Shout out to her, who's definitely not listening. But if she ever does, shout out. There um, you go. So uh, it'll be, it'll be a, a happy and sorrowful time this weekend getting together um but uh yeah just mm. yeah thanks for sharing that with yeah, us yeah i appreciate that yeah how about you daniel well we um my mom came up and watched my daughter's soccer game on saturday so we got to spend some fun time there um and then <laughs> my wife on like the thursday before mother's day was like hey just so you know, Mother's Day is a made-up day. I don't want any presents for it. Just want to be able to like spend time with you guys. And I was like, oh, because I had already. I'm, return all I'm a great husband, and I had already <laughs> bought my wife a gift card. <laughs> for where? I don't want to say. Okay. No, it was it was just this. Um, local spa place okay. so okay. I'm like I don't know what my wife likes to do here so do you guys have like gift cards and they're like yeah so get her a gift card big like, sporting goods oh you're not gonna use this oh man <laughs> yeah. yeah I know for me like my mom she's not one of those people who's really into it she's yeah. like it's mother's it just it's like thank you for acknowledging me yeah um, mm-hmm. I did that that was all of like me just being like I'm gonna like yeah. celebrate her so she she was very embarrassed when I gave it to her because um, it was like after I high jumped my last yeah. one. I walked over to her and like broke down crying and she broke down crying and everybody around me broke down crying. It was, it was, I made everyone cry. Mm. <laughs> well, I think I, I think I know the answer to this because you've already kind of spoken to it. But what, yeah. what are you most thankful for from your mom? Yeah, I mean, I definitely what I've talked about here, but also just she's... I, I like I tell a lot of people she's she is super mom to me um, like she's one of the most intelligent people I know uh, my mom can figure out my life and everything that's going on in it know where I am what I you know what I need what I need to do like three years from now um, while also know my sister's plans my dad's plans how to get us all together and on top of that run a help run our family's company up in Michigan and, mm. you know, be a, be a vice president for that. And I'm like, you are amazing in so many ways that she does those things. But, um, 
I'm just, I'm really thankful for, you know, how intentional she is with stuff. And though she does not give herself the credit, she is really an amazing person. So that's probably what I would say I'm most thankful for about her. That's awesome. Yeah, my mom is one of the most capable people I know. I mean, she does so many things just on her own. Um, one of the things being buying all of her own gifts and then acting surprised when she gets them after <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> putting her names that's out. impressive. Everything. Yeah, she'll she'll be my but she's like Mace. Like I'm so happy you got me this thing. He's like, I don't like where did this come from. He's like, just pretend like you gave it to me. Like I bought this. Put your name on it. Gave it to myself. Like just act like you gave this to me. That's awesome. But uh, growing up, like every year, my, my mom would just have so many things um, that she. Just did around the house, um, just all these projects that she was always working on. Um, it was like in the house, outside of the house, very avid in, in gardening. Um, taught me everything I know about cooking, which is not that much, but I still manage and people think I'm really good at cooking. And I'm like, it is just things that my mom has given me to cook. Everything um, I've tasted of yours that you've cooked has been phenomenal. I appreciate that. It's like two things, but yeah. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot. There's other young adults that probably mm-hmm. have a lot of your food. Yeah, yeah. We just actually uh, cooked salmon the other day. Um, me, Paulson, and Johnson and Bonnie, and it turned out pretty well. Got an air fryer that my mom gave me, and I was like, I need nice. to use this for something. And one of our friends gave me a recipe to use. But my mom is just very capable. I feel like I've just become a very capable person from. Just the way that she is and the way that she raised us to be able to do everything. Like, I remember getting to college and, like, some people don't know how to do anything. And I'm like, how the heck do you not know how to do laundry or, yeah. like, how to make your bed or whatever? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Mama, my mom did the same. So I can, I can yeah. attest to yeah. that. <laughs> Being in college and um, experiencing that. My mom convinced us. She's like, you always have to wash the dishes because you're just so good at it. And I'm like, huh? She's like, I'm just... You're so great at it. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll take pride in this, but. <laughs> is, oh, is that what my wife is doing? Yeah. God. <laughs> you just kind of. I didn't really it. think I was that good at the dishes. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about my mom very briefly. Like, I think, when I think about my mom, I think um, quiet and gentle, but not in a doormat type of way. Mm-hmm. Um submissive in the way that a, a biblical wife should be to her biblical husband. But when I think about her, I think of this infectious laugh. She didn't take herself too seriously. Um, she didn't take life too seriously. Um, she laughed a lot. She still laughs a lot. And she loved... She loves. Um, I just say this because I'm a 37-year-old man, and I'm like... <laughs> Pretty, pretty well removed from being out of the household. and mm-hmm. She loved us ferociously. And like so like we knew it. We felt it. We saw it. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. So I think in, in the ways in which she went about life, it was not um, too high or too low. And that's what I mean by quiet and gentle. Mm-hmm. And um, she displayed, for me, what I think... Um, um, a wife and a mother like attributes and characteristics should be um, and nobody's perfect but she was awesome and just loved us ferociously we felt it all the time so thanks mom yeah 
did Hadley and Hutton do anything nice for Taylor? Okay, yeah, I mean, well, Hutton. You know, <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, guys, uh, listener, Hutton is 19 months old. So if you can do math, that's a year and a half. Um, well, a little over a year and a half. Anyways, uh, Hadley's about to be six. So Hadley made her a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know. They they painted a flower pot at school and and Hadley brought her a, a flower. Really, I don't, actually now I don't know. I knew what kind of flower it was the other day and now I forgot. It was it's really pretty. I mean Hutton made like I put my hand in paint and then put my yeah. hand on a sheet of paper <laughs> and my teacher drew my name into yeah. it. You know like whatever. Oh, so man, my parents have all the oh yeah garbage things we made them as We've kids so still on their things. like walls and. We've got so many things. Boxes and yeah. boxes and boxes. <laughs> but I, I will say what I, I want to say what I appreciate most about my wife and her being a mother is, um, the way the ways that she nurtures our two girls are foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I think that I'm not like bragging when I say this, <laughs> listener. I'm good with my girls. I'm I'm like playful. Um, um, I think I'm approachable. I think that I always pick them up, always love on them, hug them, but but I can't nurture them like Taylor nurtures them, and she does. She thinks about things that I would have never thought about. Mm. I mean, I guess if you're a single parent, like you think about those more often because you have to. But just I'm I'm I don't have the ability to think about things the way that she does, mm-hmm. and. There's not anything that ever really goes um, um, unplanned for, unchecked, you know, uh, with our daughters. So, super thankful for her as well. Great. Well, uh, thank you to all the moms of the people in this room so that we could be here making this podcast. Uh, To all you listeners at home, be thankful for your moms. They made you and we love all of our listeners. So, thank them for that. Amen. <laughs> you guys uh, want to play a little game? Yeah. I'm right. Well, uh, would you rather? Yeah. So we uh, didn't get to this last podcast, so that one ended up going pretty pretty long. But uh, some would, we ra- would you rather's we came up with. Um, first one, uh, as from Daniel, would you rather be stung by a bee once a day, sprayed by skunk once a week, or quilled by a porcupine once a month. Whoa. Do you have an answer to this? So I, I would love to hear you guys' reasoning. I think I have one right off the bat. So I, I definitely wrote this question. But now that I read it, like oh, two weeks later, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I definitely have an answer to this. But yeah. I'm interested to hear what y'all's answer is and why. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm torn between the bee and the porcupine. I've never, I feel like a bee sting, you know what to expect. Like, everyone, most people have been stung by a bee. It sucks, but, man, I think I've only been stung by a bee, like, two or three times in my life. been stung by more wasps, really. Mm-hmm. Um, never spread by skunk. Never want to be sprayed by a skunk. I feel like that's the worst of the I go ahead and cross skunk off the yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Never skunk. I've... Never met anyone who's been quilled by a porcupine. I feel like I've only seen them like movies. So I don't really know like how painful that would be or like do you need to go to the hospital? Whereas like a bee sting is like, alright, you put some ointment on it, you kinda of painful. It'd be annoying. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be hilarious to see someone get quilled by a porcupine. Mm-hmm. Also, that's just a fun word to say, quilled. Yeah, that yeah. is pretty fun. That's it is a tough question. Mm-hmm. I will agree the skunk would have to go off instantly, mm-hmm. mainly because you think about it, that smell has to linger. Yeah, at least a, for a, a day week. or two. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to bathe in like gasoline <laughs> yeah. and like chug vinegar for. Yeah, I mean, you'd be pig pen from the. Uh, Once a week. Yeah, that's probably a bad question. Sorry, listener, no, but. You can... <laughs> No, I mean, I would probably either go with the bee or the porcupine. I mean, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, because like the question in my head is like, <laughs> with the porcupine, do you like, is it like, all right, it's that, it's it's you know, it's Thursday of the third week of the yeah, month. Yeah, do like, you know? That's kind yeah. of the question. It's I, like, all right, like, my, do you think porcupine? <laughs> in my mind, when I wrote these, it was, this is random. Okay. You have no idea when it's. But like, think about it. At, technically, randomly, it could be end of the month, last day, you get quilled. The next day, you get quilled again. Oh, man. <laughs> How many quills do you think you get quilled with? I don't know. I feel like time? a movie has to be like more than it would actually be. Like when they show just like littered with quills. I feel like it has oh, yeah. to be not that many. Yeah, I but, don't think it's that many. It can't be. I mean, do you think like, like is it like 10 quills? Just less than 10. I would have more than 10. Do we want to look it up? Find the answer? I would have thought like, 50. Really? I just don't know, like, are but quills... do they have that many? Because quills aren't as fine as hair, yeah. but they're not, like, as thick as, like, a nail. I'm trying to think of, like, how thick... How many quills does a porcupine even have? Okay, um... I've never said quill dozens, this many apparently. times in my life. Dozens. Dozens. Okay. Wow. Do they have a lingering effect? Like, is there any, like, toxin, poison... I don't think like, they... I don't... Because they're not... Or is it just, a like, a barbed... I don't think... I guess it's not even barbed. Uh, yeah, they're they're a what? They're a mammal, right? Technically. Oh man, Not is Kyle Lear here? We need a scientist. Yeah. Kyle, re- uh, mammal. <laughs> yeah, he said mammal. Yep, mammal. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Kyle, PhD Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah. Take it up with him. I mean, that'd be my that'd be my thought because I think the only mammal I know of that has poison in their body is a platypus. Ooh, yeah. fun, fact. fun fact, kids. Um. Repti- reptiles aren't considered mammals. Or are no. no yeah, reptiles are considered reptiles. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking Komodo dragons or another large animal that has. Poison. Yeah, I'm going bee. I'm getting stung by yeah. bee every day. Yeah. I feel like, like you would get used to it. I don't know if you get used to it, but I feel like it does. The it doesn't last that long. Doesn't. But does it last a day? You know. No. Like the. Herb. I don't think it does. I mean. Again, I've Unless never been stung by a bee. If you're allergic to a bee, though, yeah, you can't choose that. that answer changes. Yeah. I've been stung by um, yellow jacket and uh, wasp. Hmm. Usually while I'm weed eating. Yeah. Don't understand why a wasp hates the weed eater so much. But they do. Yeah. I don't know. Are we looking for answers? No. 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 Nah, okay, so next one. I think that Kyle, you probably wrote this one. Yes. Uh, okay. So something I found online is: Would you rather fight a chicken every time you get in your car, or an <laughs> orangutan with a sword at random once a year? What? I've heard this one before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Ground rules here: Is this you have to fight a chicken in your car? Like when, when you, you get, get in your car, your car yeah. there's a chicken in there. Yeah. It's just like, yep. and then it's like it's on. Yep. Okay. And it's to the death, right? 
Uh, it doesn't say to the I death. I mean, I think until one of you is incapacitated. Mm-hmm. I think I'm winning that fight, and I think I'm killing the chicken. Yeah. Purposefully or on accident. Yeah, I mean, my thought is one, I don't know if you've ever seen orangutans. Mm-hmm. They're, like, actually built. They're yeah. built animals. So unless you're, like, unless you're a good old southern mm-hmm. boy and you're always strapped... Yeah, you're not gonna this do. is a sword fight. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The orangutan has, has a sword. sword. So that's the debatable point that I've debated with people is do you have the sword or do the orangutan? Does the orangutan have the sword? I do think you the orangutan has a sword. I would imagine the orangutan has a sword. And you, and you're just you. Yeah. The so, common self defense, like go yes. grab a stick, a brick, or like, if you're or a gun, or if you're a good old southern yeah. boy and you're always concealed carry. You have a gun. I mean... Yeah, you just laugh. You're, and you're like, oh, sword, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I feel like... I would, I would go chicken because you know when to expect it. But this also, is every time you get right, in your car. but think car. about it. Let's say you keep your chicken fighting kit in the, in the trunk of your car. You open you that up. You, you, I mean, you'd have to. You okay. pull that out. You're like, all right. But by the time I open, like, by the time I get in my car... Like, opening the trunk, I guess, I wouldn't count that as getting in your car. No. But by the time I open no, the front door and get my car, I'm like, all right, I'm ready for this chicken. Okay. Yeah, you just playing for the... And let's think about this economically. You have chicken yeah. every time you get in your car. Whoa. And you, you always have that at the house. And you're freezing yeah. it. Or maybe you guys fight so often that you just become friends and you end up getting free eggs <laughs> But it's the same life. chicken. I, it's the same chicken? But is it? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you kill it, then you have to get a new chicken. Yeah, but yeah. I, I guess the other thing is like you don't have to get in your car. Like you could get a ride from someone else. You could get in yeah, someone else's car. Yeah, you're not stealing car. it that day. Get in a car with somebody else. You're yeah. fine. It's like that chicken kicked my butt this morning. I'm mm-hmm. Ubering home from work. Yeah, and I guess I see the validity with fighting the chicken because chickens have claws. They yeah. and a beak. They could definitely scratch you up. Mm-hmm. But the orangutan <laughs> has a sword, but doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> I mean, it knows I, how to I, use... It knows how to swing it around, I guess, yeah. Okay. What counts as ending... Like, how does the fight end? When do you know this fight is over? When one of you concedes. I I mean, when one's incapacitated. Yeah. So, to me, incapacitation means either you're knocked out... So I can choke him out, knock him out... Yeah. Kill it. Or kill Or him. he kills me. Or he kill. Yeah. yeah, he kills you or knocks you out or, you know... Whatever. I think this all depends on if I have a sword... If we both have a sword, or if only one of us has the sword, and who has the sword? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so taking once a year final answer. Okay. Really? Because really? it's once a year. I mean, right. yeah, you do get in your car multiple times. I can't deny that statement. The one thing is, is I, like, I've seen orangutans and, like, chimpanzees. They're, like, built animals. Like, they're built animals. Oh, they're yeah. really big. I've taken, though. I grew up 20 minutes away from where the... Orangutan ripped that lady's face off, so I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're big. And never own oh. an animal with hands. We solved it. Alright. Next one. Alright, you're 24 hours in a room completely covered in spiders. Lights on or off? I'm dying either way. No, they're just there. They're not going to bother you. I'll just. I'm dying from heart attack. <laughs> Lights on or off, completely covered. You're not being touched. I mean, the the root, the wall, the wall. I mean, if you're standing there, they're there. But like, they're not gonna like crawl on. 
I mean, you know, they're gonna like bite you. I don't. I mean, I would imagine I'm they would assume, crawl on you, but I don't. so I read that as in twenty four hours in a room, covered completely in spiders. Like I'm covered. No, the room in is covered. In okay, this is a room covered completely in spiders. Yeah. So do you want the lights on or off? Oh man. <laughs> do you want to see do I know that the spiders are in there? Absolutely. Yeah. So on or off? I want it on. I need to see where those demons are. I would turn it off because I'm gonna try to sleep. I need to I need to make sure I know where they are at all times. Yeah, I I would I would feel like the lights on, but again, lights. Yeah, that's tough. Can it, you kill them? You could try, but the room's covered in spiders. And then it's covered in spider guts. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, that'd be my question. Is yeah, man, I think the way that I read that is like it's gonna be covered in spiders the whole time. Like, like you kill them, them they just out. regen. Yeah. and like there's just more. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like your point about off. If you could go to sleep, it's just twenty four hours. Yeah. Because uh. like, theoretically, you could have your phone. Nothing says you can't. So if you want like a light, you have your phone. You want something to do, you have your phone. I'm currently looking in every corner of my office <laughs> right now. Yeah, you are. I'm assuming Daniel does not like spiders. Yeah. I would say when I was younger. I had a terror, like, not, not, I wasn't terrified, but there was a little terror mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't really care as much. Um, but just the amount they're of just, quantity. They're just creepy. They're That's just good. so creepy. They're, they're definitely. I, my one fun story with spiders was my dad was a missionary growing up and he took us to um, where he main where our family did a lot of mission work was in Bolivia. And so. I went when I was like 12, and I remember one night we were out in the countryside, and we're sitting there, we're eating dinner, and I had like basketball, like leather basketball shoes on, and this big old spider comes up, like the size of a dinner plate, like this thing was massive, hairy, massive, whole thing, and one of the locals there sees the spider, and he's just kind of sitting there, and I was just like, whoa, like I don't know what to Mm -hmm. do. And he like he says Noah, come here. And I, I came over here and we we're like looking at the spider. And he's like, you want to step on it? And I was like, uh, no, this thing will bite my leg off. And so this guy, in flip flops, just goes over and just boom, just smacks it, kills it. And I was just like, oh. if he missed, he lost a foot. And I yeah. was like, I was just that's oh. insane. Honestly, I'm yeah. just like, I will leave a spider alone unless I absolutely cannot. Like I had. Uh, in college, there's a spider that was like between the uh, layers of like the shower curtain, so the plastic part yeah. and the cover part. And from yeah. the inside, you could see it, and I was like, "I'm not gonna lift that thing up to touch that thing. I'm just gonna leave it be." <laughs> and then, like every time I went in the shower, I was like, "Okay, it's still there. It's still there." And when it was gone, I was like, "Oh no!" Where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> See, so you guys had a relationship go. built on mutual respect. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have my location, you have yours. My sisters would always be like, hey, there's a spider, I need you to come kill it. And there was one year I had my Spider-Man costume, and I threw that out. I was like, don't you touch my brethren. Nah, that was one All right, I think we solved it. Lights off yeah. for me. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, receive $100 daily or the ability to see eight minutes into the future with the caveat that you cannot use it for monetary gain. Okay, so you wrote this one, Daniel. What's, I wrote this one. What's your answer for this? 
Well, so I will say that so a hundred dollars daily. That's a lot of money if you think about. If my math is correct, that's thirty six thousand five hundred a year. Yeah, or yeah, just about three thousand a month. Three thousand a month, which is um quite nice. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's a that's a great mortgage payment. Mm. Um. But man, the ability to see eight minutes into the future. Like, okay, so what would you use if you can't use it for monetary gain? What are you using your ability to see in the future for? Like, like you get to dictate when you use it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you could just you can just always see into the well. Yeah, you have the ability to see eight minutes into the future. So, like, what benefit is there? If you can't use it for money, I think every time I think about superpower, I'm I'm the villain. I mean, you could think about like decisions you could make that aren't necessary for monetary gain. Like, like I'm not gonna get in a car wreck, a car wreck ever. Yeah. Um, well, like, if it, what if I mean, are you driving for more than eight minutes? Like, do you have to use it, or do you always just know what eight minutes away is gonna? Wow. Be? Okay. See, but yeah, you guys are thinking about this way harder than I well, was. Well, no, yeah, I mean that—that that was my thought. I'm like, okay, am I just—is <laughs> it just for myself or is it for the people around me? Because mm-hmm. if I can see eight minutes in the future for everyone around me, that can be a little bit like off-putting if like you see somebody potentially mm-hmm. die, and then and then I yeah. bring it back to myself and they're like, okay, if I can see eight minutes into the future for myself, and I see myself dying in eight minutes, mm-hmm. it's like you can prevent it. Can you though? Mm-hmm. I feel like if you but maybe by preventing it, that's how you actually cause your death. Boom! There you go. That's the thing is like if you keep looking and you keep changing things, you're always gonna have to look again. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like personally, I just I've never had any desire to look into the future. Yeah. I've I've never really wanted to know. I think eight minutes especially just seems so tedious for me to look because it's like most of your day is gonna be pretty boring. I'm still gonna be sitting at my desk at eight minutes, like. I mean, unless you're I be the most popular unless guy at parties. I, I mean, unless I know sure. that I'm. I mean, yeah. If you could predict something, it's, it's a really cool party trick. Well, like, is it only? If, is it always like eight minutes away, or is it? I can see up to eight minutes. Because if it's like, uh, if it's like, oh, I'm gonna go do this thing now. It's like, no, I better wait eight minutes. Because like, I don't know what's gonna happen in those seven minutes until the eighth minute. I mean, here's the thing. Um, today I wanted to go out to my car and it was pouring down rain, and I was like, I bet if I just waited a little while. Yeah, that's actually It'll stop raining. Yep. There's a use. There's, yeah, yeah that would be great. That's like the great If I wait I four minutes, now? will it stop raining? Mm-hmm. Should I do this now? And that's the only time I would ever want to use that. It's like, <laughs> do, I want to do, this? do I do this right now? But, to be honest, it doesn't. I think we, so we have a new puppy at our house. Mm-hmm. I would like to know if my puppy is about to pee on the carpet for the... 90th time since we've gotten there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, personally, <laughs> as a fresh student, right, graduating from college, yep. who's mm-hmm. definitely wanting money. Yes. $100 yes. a day. I would have to. Very, I would have that to. is retirement. Yes. That is absolutely. like, I can pay my rent and then have yes. so much money left. So much money. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I could. that's travel money. Yeah, that would that would definitely help me with with having a good start on. That. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe that one's too easy. I just eight minutes into the future is intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. I can't deny the mm-hmm. I can't deny the value of it. There is a value. I just feel like 
me personally, that's just not something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would always stay out of danger. Yeah. Anyways, I'm taking the million dollars. Yeah. We solved it. Yeah. But like, I don't know. How worried are you about danger? Because more often than not, if you know to stay out of it, you're. Because I'd rather yeah. not be paranoid the rest of my life. Like Noah said, I'm a good old Southern boy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so the last one we got here. Would you rather have access to every written work that will ever exist at any point in time on a digital library or have the ability to teleport once a year for one hour at any point in time and space of your choosing? You guys are going to have to tell me why I would need access to every written work that will ever exist because I see teleport and I'm doing it. Like, I just see teleport, and I'm like, dude, that's pretty cool. Can't Okay, can you take somebody with you? No. Okay, so you're by yourself. Yeah. Once a year for one hour. Mm-hmm. And Oh, I'm, it's once a year. Once a year for one hour. Oh, man. So you have to be selective about where you'd want to go. Um, but I will put the caveat in there that, like, you can, you're not going to be able to change anything. Um, anything, anywhere you go, um, your presence will not be affecting the timeline um in any way shape or form oh this is teleport this is time just time travel pretty time much time travel but, and teleport. but you can like go play you can, it's not you're going to be exactly where you because okay think time travel yeah you're exactly where you were standing yeah yeah, yeah. um okay Oof. but this is more like you have one hour to like see things and events okay can't change the course of human history no can't yeah see that's really attractive in the sense that like for me like i would Definitely travel back to like time of Jesus and like yeah. different times in the Bible, and you know, I really don't care about the future. So for me, I would mm-hmm. definitely like go back and look at those things. But also having access to every like, I mean, you know, word. everything that's gonna be written in the future. Like I'm just like I'm impatient to read the to wait for the next book or the next chapter, or whatever I'm reading. It's like yeah, I can just read it right now. Yeah. No, not me. Don't care. I'm I'm teleporting. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's just there's a nice thing of like there's just so much information out there that like you would be able to put together. Cause I imagine we'll find out more things as the future goes on. So you could like go through, but you wouldn't know how to look for those things. I guess. I have access to way more books than mm-hmm. anyone in history has ever had access oh, to. Yeah. And I can't. I currently can't read. But there's all. like no, all of the like the, think about all like the lost works like you could you could That's have true. those, but like you wouldn't be able to interpret them like that unless there's some other thing that like would unless you learn them. how to interpret them. Yeah, which like maybe you could if that work that would translate that exists, but yeah, I mean, mm. I don't know. Some of the yeah. books that the lost city of Atlantis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean you would know if Atlanta, you would know if different civilizations yeah. existed if they had I mean if you could understand what they're saying. They did. Yeah. Oh we're getting into that. Okay. <laughs> Are there aliens and you'd be like, Oh, there was a bunch of stuff from somewhere in space that's coming out. Yeah, that would be that would also be cool. you could teleport to well, those places. Do space. you have to know can I teleport to an alien civilization? I mean, you would have, have to, to know, know you would have to know where that would be. Uh like, you can't, I, I would imagine you can't just say, oh, I just want to go to it. Because, like, let's say that doesn't exist. Like it's in would, Stargate 9. Yeah. Planet you system. You would need to know exactly, like, when to go. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, you could say, oh, let me teleport there. Because, like, there's a, uh, there's a book, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like an, uh, 
like a vignette series uh, goes through like Mars and it starts off with like uh, Mar- Martian civilization and then as the chapters go on it's like further and further in time to where you're kind of in today's time like Mars civilization doesn't exist so like oh. that idea of like oh if you go there like you could end up there at a time when like this civilization is wiped out um, which was always super interesting to me because like the book was good when you're like oh okay I'm learning about this civilization and then it's like oh we're just seeing that it doesn't exist anymore so there's no aliens in this book anymore <laughs> and at the end there's like an abandoned house that's like an AI of like oh humans don't exist anymore but their technology is still around you have this like smart home that's like interacting with like the environment around it and it's it interestingly written but it's just like drastically different with each progressing chapter mm. yeah, that's, that's interesting um, yeah, I probably do still. I probably just do the time travel and teleport. Probably. I mean, it'd be cool. You could like prove all the conspiracy theories, yeah. like right or wrong. You know. Well, I mean, well, you could go could watch you like. Prove anything? You could watch some of the great moments in history. Mm-hmm. You could watch some really cool sporting events. You want to relive part of your own past? You could do that. Yeah. Definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> you want to see what your parents were like in high school? You could do that. Gross. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Just you're going Catch back em. to the future at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not what I would do. I would say every time I think about time travel, I think about Back to the Future too, and I'm like, can I find that sports almanac where I can bet and make millions of dollars on games? That's true. Because yeah. you could go ahead and come back and just produce it like that. If you go, ahead. yeah. Once a year, you figure Once out. Once a year. You've got one hour to figure who out wins the Super who wins Bowl. everything. Yeah, who wins everything. And then Gamble all year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do recommend that. Yeah, don't recommend that. Yeah, you just, you would, you would, you would teleport to Las Vegas on like December 31st of every year and mm-hmm. just try to write down as many games as you, as you can. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you pay a guy... In the future, to keep track of all the things, and you're like, I'll be back next year. I'll be back next year. He just thinks he's giving it to some crazy guy on the street. Yeah. And you're making millions or billions. All right, we figured it out. If that's what you're into, is monetary gain. Elon, get on that teleport. Uh, yeah. Right. Technology. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, Elon. No, speaking oh. of uh, being able to go different places, Noah, you're about <laughs> to move in a couple weeks. These uh, transitions are insane. They <laughs> are really good. This guy's the king of transitions. I mean, I learned it from the best, Daniel Meek, right here. Uh, <laughs> but how did you come about making this decision to go to seminary school, and, um, or more specifically, this one specifically, if you want to get into that? Yeah. So... If you, I, I tell everybody, if you ask me back in this time last year or even like August of this year, uh, this past year, where I'd be at, I would probably answer that I'd be, you know, here at West End working, uh, doing whatever they were asking me to do and graduated from college and enjoying my time here in Nashville, seeing where God was taking me next. Um, but I really saw myself here, but, uh, what also kind of came around that time for me was I had a, 
I just felt a real clear like push in my life that God was going to do something big uh, back in August. Like there was just going to be a big transition, a big life change. And in my head, there was one of two things. It was either I was going to go off to seminary because I knew that I was going to do that at some point or that God was going to put a girl in my life um, that I was going to marry. And um, for me at the beginning, it was like, oh, I had a potential opportunity that came in, but then um, when it came to relationships, but that, that ended rather quickly. And so I shifted my attention over to, uh, shifted my attention to seminary and started just inquiring. And so I reached out to a lot of different seminaries, um, about five of them. And uh, just said, hey, I'm interested, love more information. And I got the emails that were like, hey, you're looking at the seminary, really cool. Like, here's our, you know, pamphlet. And then I got a call from one, from uh, Westminster Theological. And the call basically, they left a voicemail and it said, hey, we have this Nash, or we have this uh, pastoral fellows program. If you're interested uh, in applying for that, it'd be advantageous for you to kind of reach out and talk to us. And I was like, um, I'm not really interested in Westminster because I, when I was looking at it, it the price tag on it was uh, a little bit higher than most mm -hmm. um, other seminaries that I saw. Their sticker price was really high. Um, and I was like, I really don't want to pay $50,000 to go to a school for four years and be in you know, perpetual debt for the rest of mm -hmm. my life being a pastor because, you know, pastors make all the money, by the way. You didn't know that. Fun fact. <laughs> Some of them do if they yeah. the system. Yeah, if they just, uh, you know, say, hey, I'll, if you pay me $50, I'll, I'll forgive you of your sins. Um, now, so... We need to start that kind of church, guys. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, no, absolutely not. But, so, I called them back, and I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you guys about your program, these different things. Uh, I don't know much about what you guys have going on, but I've heard a lot about you. They're a very well-known seminary, in, at least in the Presbyterian world. They're, uh, they're very faint. They're kind of the first real, like, seminary, or Presbyterian seminary kind of branch off of the mainline uh, denomination. They kind of came out of Princeton back in the 1920s. And so they have very, very famous um, theologians who've uh, founded the seminary and kind of ran the seminary. Uh, people like Tim Keller did PhD work there. And so they were very well known, but I thought that's why they were so, you know, um, expensive. But as I got on the phone and talked to the, the guy there, he was like, oh, you didn't know that you know, if you get in this program, you know, this and that, and he started explaining things, and uh, they really intrigued me with that conversation, and I, uh, so I started considering uh, Westminster, and it kind of, I kind of saw legitimate, um, like, paths and doors opening for me to go to seminary, and so I decided in December to go out and check uh, the, uh, seminary out um i set up a trip with them so i flew actually to harrisburg pennsylvania because my sister lives there and we went and picked up the uh she picked me up and we 
we drove over there and we went and visited the seminary. And for me, the visit was kind of twofold. It was, do I want to go on campus to be on campus for studying? And is seminary really what I want to be doing? And I guess the third one was, is this the right place for me? And when I went to visit, they uh, kind of showed us around. They gave us a lot of information. And by the end of the trip, I was I was infatuated by mm. seminary and the thought of it. Mm. I felt like I was in the right place, in the right stage. And I really enjoyed Westminster itself. And after talking with my sister, she's like, I feel like this is the place for you. Um, but I, so I applied, I applied to that fellows program, um, which is a cohort, uh, uh, kind of like a medical cohort setup. So it'll be me and 10 other guys, um, studying, uh, for three years and then doing a residency at a church. But I still applied to other seminaries. I went and checked out Covenant Theological in St. Louis, um, cause it's a, it's the PCA's flagship school it's the it's the denominations seminary and as well my dad went there so I went to check it out and see where he he did things I was actually born across the street from Covenant so I was like I guess I gotta check it out and I basically was born there so um (laughs) prodigy yeah so I was really legacy yeah (laughs) legacy yeah so yeah it was long story short just a really it was a really fruitful process I kept slowly just trying different doors and opening mm-hmm. them up, um, but really found myself <clears throat> directed towards doing seminary, you know, trying seminary and going to it. And then Westminster just kept being the one that really just impressed me above the other ones. Um, just in not only the intensity and Im- kind of immersed curriculum they have, um, but also just that, that fourth year pro, uh, that I'm going to be doing in that program where I'm just going to have such hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I really don't see a better option for me right mm-hmm. now. Um, in the age and stage I'm in being a young single guy. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of how I ended up, um, choosing to move to Philadelphia here in the fall. So nice. yeah, I mean, you kind of answered this already, but, uh, what are you most looking forward to about this new journey you're setting out on? Yeah, I mean, so kind of answered it, kind of didn't, but one of the big things I had when deciding I was going to look at seminary was I wanted a I wanted a school that was not only going to focus on the academics and train and equip me to be a pastor, but a school that was going to develop my character and who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it comes to Christian church, Christian life, pastoring, you know, this world today, we look at a lot of pastors who have fallen um, from their position of leadership in their character, whether it was morally, um, in a sexual way, or just in a you know work environment, whatever it may be. There's just there is this constant falling for pastors, um, which everyone's human, so I don't look at them and shame them for that. But I, I'm kind of intrigued to who they had in their life to kind of call them out on those things and to be like, hey, you know, you're, what you're doing here isn't right. What you're doing here is, you know, wrong. And um, 
I know myself and I know that God has a lot of growing to do in me. Um, and so I knew that I wanted a, a seminary experience where not only was I getting taught things and skills that made me a really effective pastor, but um, someplace that, you know, made me um, be able to just focus on my character to be like, hey, we're going to work through some of these things, you know, these these parts of your life that need cleaning up, these parts of your life that just yeah. need shaping. Um, and so that's probably what I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, formation of the whole man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that'd be the super, best way. Super important. Yeah. I, I really do see that too. A lot of times I think that the focus is on how do I be the best orator? Mm-hmm. How can I... Um, entertain people with charismatic speech, mm-hmm. uh, engaging, you know, TED Talks, and uh, get book deals, and, yeah. you know, which is not, not a bad thing. Like, I think that we as Christians should look to do everything that we do with the utmost excellence. Mm-hmm. We should strive to be the best that we can possibly be. Um, but, yeah, we want to form the whole person because we're not just body, and we're not just spirit. We're body and spirit. And... Um, the people that were pastoring and shepherding um, our body, spirit. Um, and so I think that's a great verse. That's a great answer. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's a really, really great answers to what you're looking forward to the most. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really intimidated by it. <laughs> Their program seems very, um, as I've talked with everyone there, they're like, yeah, we're, <laughs> we expect a lot out of you. And I got, the kind of big thing they've pushed is like languages at the school and they're like, you're going to learn all of the language. You're going to get all your language credits done in a year. And I was like, that's, that's a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited for that, but I'm, you know, hoping, hoping I can get through it. Um, You'll do it. Yeah. You'll do it. Yeah. So as you're setting out, uh, what are some places and things to do in Nashville that uh, you would highly recommend to people who are here now, who haven't been here a long time, or who haven't done certain things that you know you think are valuable to have during your experience here? Yeah, um, for me, I would say, if you haven't been out to Radnor Lake, um, maybe early morning or at sunset, um, it's a little area that's like down in Brentwood. It's like a little oasis. It's a really good walking area. Great place to go and have quiet time with God, pray a little. Um, uh, we went out to Cheekwood as a staff here at West End a couple weeks ago. That's another really nice area to go check out. Um, there are a lot of great parks. Uh, if you're someone who likes uh, a little bit of adrenaline and a little bit of uh, thrill-seeking, you, uh, you can find your way on different places on Percy Priest to go cliff jumping. I love doing that. I'm mm-hmm. not condoning if you don't know how to do it, but if you're doing it, be safe. But I like to say if you don't have to if you don't have a 50% chance of getting hurt, you're not going to have that much fun. But if you have a 50% <laughs> chance of getting hurt, you better be smart about it. So um, that's my. those are just some fun things. I mean, there's great places to eat in Nashville. Um, I think everybody knows that. Uh, my one, ooh, one of my recommendations, best ice cream in Nashville, and I may be controversial about it, but it is Mike's Ice Cream on 2nd right. Avenue. Um, go check it out. It's not Jenny's. Jenny's is way overhyped. Oh, wow. So Shots fired at Jenny's. <laughs> major shots fired. You hear that, Jenny's? I do not care. 
Um, Jenny's is there. So you're yeah. working on that sponsorship, right, Kyle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. I just blew that out. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this and you work at an ice cream place, uh, hit us please up. Sponsor us. Yeah, hit us up. We love ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. So those would be my things. Uh, always, um, as Belmont alum, walk around Belmont, whether you're a student or not. You know, it's a beautiful place to walk around. You feel very, uh, you feel very important when you're there. It's just a very pretty campus, and you're like, yeah. wow, this is very stately. I would say. Um, outside of that, yeah, there's just Nashville, Nashville, and just Middle Tennessee in general have beautiful places mm-hmm. you can go and hike, walk, you know, do fun activities. Uh, you don't have to go down on Broadway. My one recommendation is, don't go to Broadway. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can do it once, have fun, experience it. <laughs> go but if see you're down it, there, experience yeah. it, and then go home. If you're down there weekly, please refer back to my one piece of advice. Evaluate who you're hanging out with and <laughs> the groups that you're with. Um, that would yeah. be my just one piece of, you know, piece of advice there. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Uh, Dan, do we have any events coming up in the future? Yeah, um, so May 28th, we have a cookout. Uh, one of our local elders, or one of our church elders, um, has been gracious enough to open his home, uh, he and his wife, to invite us all in, to have a, just a low-key hangout. So be kind of like a barbecue, um, and just fellowshipping. So looking forward to that. That's on the Sunday before Memorial Day. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, as some people like to call it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna go to a, a sounds game uh, June fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's a that's more things to come, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the immediate focus. Yeah. So, yeah, if anybody's out there and they're um, looking for a church home or uh, just a group community um, Bible study throughout the week, hit us up Tuesday nights seven o'clock. We're in the black building at West End Community Church, which is the first building that you get to on our driveway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you guys for listening. Noah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. Yeah. We're all going to miss you around here, but we're looking forward to see uh, where life takes you and uh, just how you grow as a person and become a pa- pastor, hopefully. Yeah, so. thank you. I can't wait to make my way back to Nashville at some point and mm-hmm. visit you guys. As I've told everyone, if I... Ever room back here, I know where I'm coming to church on Sunday. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, great. Yeah. Well, have a great night. Uh, take it easy, folks. Bye. Bye.